Hello and welcome back to another episode of the David Hessian podcast. Today I have my guest Brad Rossiter. He's an online coach, former, former, from, formerly from the corporate world and now changed over to online coaching. Um, so Brad, how are you today? Hey David, I'm very well, thank you. And thank you so much for having me on board. Um, I'm very excited about this and we pleasure is all see what we are covered together. That'd be quite cool. Yeah. Um, so tell everyone a little, little, a little bit about yourself and how you went into the online coaching coming from a corporate job. Sure, mate. Um, you know, it's a, it's, it's a, it's been a great journey. So I, for those who don't know me, you know, I've, I've been in the corporate world for about 20 to 30 years. Um, always had kind of a sideline passion for fitness that really probably didn't get probably to the last six months. I didn't really get to where I wanted it to be. So I've been training with personal trainers for 20 odd years in gyms for 30 plus years. Um, you know, so I've always been relatively interested in fitness and being Australian, I played a lot of sports. I was been into rugby, um, snow skiing, tennis, that kind of stuff. And, you know, trying to balance life between having that leisure activities and that, and that sporting background and then working in the corporate space, you know, I kind of, I, you know, I've, I've, I never really got to where I wanted to get to when it came to my physique, my own personal physique or my own personal physique goals. So it was only in the last six months or so that um, I kind of had another look at it. I've been training with a trainer for four years here in London and had some decent results and was getting there, but again, didn't quite get to where I wanted to go to. Um, and that's for various reasons. A lot of it could be, you know, lifestyle, just circumstances. I changed jobs. I moved houses. Um, you know, your routine gets upset. And so you stop and start. But I just thought, you know, and, I, and you know, approaching the age of 50, I went, you know, this is crazy. I've got to nail this quickly. I've got to get it down before I get too old. Otherwise, it'll never happen. Um, so I reached out to another online coach, um, someone that you and I know very well and is, and is quite successful at what he does. And yeah, in a very short space of time, in a, in a very short 16 weeks, he, well, we together absolutely transformed my physique. And in doing that, he also transferred my mindset around the industry and unlocked this passion that I have got for helping other people do the same thing. So there was a bit of a plan laid about me moving away from corporate space and, and set up my own business that probably wouldn't have happened till next year. And that was the original plan. Um, and again, circumstances and life in the universe kind of went, you know what, you're going to do it a little bit sooner than that. So I got to push off the cliff edge slightly, took, a, took the leap of faith, um, walked away from a very well-paid corporate role in the middle of October, um, having set up my business in back in August, took on some clients and yeah, the rest is history. So I, I, I came out of corporate world about, still about two months ago. Um, and yeah, ever since, I've been mean, loving it, you know, trying to, you know, as I said, impacting people's lives and, and, you know, sharing my experience with people is one of the most rewarding things you could possibly do. Um, and I'm sure as hell beats sitting in an office and working for somebody else. Um, I, I, know you're in a, I know you're in a similar sort of situation yourself. So that's, that's, that's in short, that's my background and that's where I come from. And, you know, can't wait to see where this goes. Yeah. That'd be my biggest fear, right? Sitting in a, sitting in an office all the time and, um, he he has a way about about it, making you make that jump a lot quicker than you expected to. I think just life, you know, you kind of, and I've always found in in my experience that it's when you procrastinate and don't do things, or you or you not or you're afraid to take a risk, it never happens. But it's when like you know when you're presented with an opportunity to take that risk or take that take that you know take that opportunity and make a change, you know when you actually commit to it, it happens very quickly. Um. Yeah, I agree completely. Like, even if I get nothing else from the mastermind that we're in, like, as soon as I signed up for it, like, even yeah. now I'm what three weeks in, I'm like, yep. All right, that was already a good decision. And before I started it, I was like, I'm not yep. even able to afford it. And now I'm like, okay, it was worth it. <laughs> Do you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, as you were saying about going from the corporate world, jumping into online coaching, how did you transition from someone who had a one to one PT being skeptic of? Mm. Um, online coaching, not thinking it was really worth it compared to one to one, to now it, being an online yeah. coach, the complete the complete one eighty. Yeah, it was a complete one eighty, and it was a very much so a bit of a mindset alteration um, or transformation, as it were. You know, I it really I was I was massively intrigued um, and was very skeptical, um, but obviously in the conversation I had with with my coach about what it involved. 
Um, and there was all sorts of things around. And, and I think what I've discovered is, is things like the flexibility of online training that you've got. You know, you're not bound by somebody else's schedule. Um, you have to have more contact with an online coach because they're compelled to give that, because they don't get to see you on a one-to-one basis, they're compelled to be in contact with you more often um, to make sure that you're okay. And, that, and that's the kind of the attitude I take with my own clients. So, you know, it's, you, you, and you are held more accountable. So, and there's, I think there's three things for me that I think is the massive difference between a, a one-to-one situation and, a, and an online coach. One is, as I said, the flexibility. Um, you know, if, I, if, I, if I'm running late from work or didn't feel like training, I didn't have to, I didn't have to rock up to somebody else's schedule or I could miss it and didn't feel guilty about it. I could train when it suited me rather than suiting them. Um, you know, if I'd committed to a, a session that I missed, I didn't have to pay for it. It was already done. And it was this, so the flexibility is so much better from that point of view. And I didn't have to train at the gym that he was in. You know, I could go somewhere else and train if I wanted to. So if I was traveling, I'd still have a session with my online coach through what he's told me. I didn't have to be at the gym with my trainer. Um, so that flexibility to me is, is massive. Um, one, the other one, as I said, I think is the, is the contact you get with the coach. Because you're not seeing them on a one-to-one basis, you, they have to talk to you more often. You know, so I'd, you'd be texting through the app or texting through WhatsApp or whatever and having conversations and checking in and that kind of stuff on a much more regular basis than I would have done with a, with a one-to-one PT. And, a third, and I think the third one to me is really important and then helped me transition across to actually start in the industry myself is the empowerment that it gives you. Over the years with a one-to-one trainer, I got so used to just rocking up to a gym and being told what to do and not knowing why I was doing it. Yes, to a certain extent, you're told how to do it, but not really knowing why. Um, why, why am I doing a shoulder press? Why am I doing a lat raise in comparison to a, an Arnie press? You know, I, didn't, I, I just got told what to do. And I think with an online trainer, because as I said, they're in much more contact with you and you don't have that physical one-to-one with them to show you how to do exercises, they have to explain it. So being, to having that verbal explanation and then to realize the science behind it, the mechanics behind it, it made such a difference to my training, my own training, and it empowered me then to do things better um, rather than just relying on somebody else to tell me what to do. I did have the benefit as we got into the program. I did have the benefit of you know, taking on some additional and optional one-to-one sessions with my trainer where I, again, I went to, and went and spent a couple of hours with the guy and it, was, and it wasn't a standard PT session where I just rocked up, you had 45 minutes, you went through your program and that was it, happy days done. It was a two to three hour session of one-on-one learning and being educated on muscle functionality, mind-muscle connection, muscle fiber types, what, you, what each muscle did, how to, do the, how to lift the weight correctly to actually engage the muscle, the, um, the angle of muscle fibers, all this kind of stuff that you just don't get from your standard, uh, standard PTs in a one-to-one session. And I'm not going to detract from PTs around the world. I think there are some fantastic PTs out there. Uh, and I'm sure there are some who do provide that kind of information to their clients. But I think on, on average or across the general populace of, of PTs, they're not that interested. Um, and no, I think I, I agree 100%. And yeah. I agree with everything you said there. And another thing for me was that it's kind of like what you were saying, but when you do like a one-to-one PT for an hour, um, the person you're training just puts too much emphasis on that one hour and puts that yeah. as the solution to all their problems. Whereas exactly. when you're paying for like a monthly subscription to a service who's contacting you constantly, you're like, yep. okay, all this stuff matters. It's not just the one hour I spend in the gym, but yep. they're doing everything for me. It's, I have to do this for myself. Exactly. And it's a whole lifestyle thing. So, you know, you talk, you know, yes, a, a, a one-to-one PT may give you an initial program, but they don't hold you to account. You know, whereas an online coach every day is like, have you done it? What have you, where, have you logged in? Have you, why have you not eaten what you should have eaten? Have you not trained today like you said you were going to train? You know, so the accountability piece is the fourth and final piece of that jigsaw puzzle. So you've got the, the flexibility, um, the, the empowerment, um, and the accountability. And I can't remember what I said the second time, but, you know, there's that, those, those four things I think really crucial. And accountability is one of them because, again, you've got, that contact, you've got more regular contact. That's the fourth one. Um, is they hold you to account because you're empowered to do it yourself. You have to do it yourself. And, and taking ownership of this on yourself, it just makes it so much better because you've invested in it financially. You've invested in it mentally. You are being held into account by someone who's in contact with you on a daily basis. Um, you can't go wrong. Um, and you learn so much more because you have to do it yourself and find out how to do it. You just, and you learn more and you, and you progress. I think I, when I, I did it in 14 weeks, I absolutely transformed my physique in 14 weeks. 
you know, and I've, and I've been training for 20 years yeah. um, trying to get there. And it's just, it was ridiculous. It was absolutely incredible. Um, you know, and that's what fired me up to start doing this, doing the same thing myself and to help other people do the same thing. Because I realized that, in, particularly in this day and age, when everyone's so bloody busy, trying to pin someone down to a regular two to three sessions a week is darn hard. You know, people don't have time for that shit. They get caught up in meetings. They get caught up in travel. They've got to do you know, work. Stuff comes up and, and life throws it in their family and that stuff gets thrown at them. That's it. You take the logistic factor out of it when you go online. Yeah. And then even Completely. asking people like, what did, what did you eat today? Or what did you eat? Did you track your food? Yeah. Unless they have it written down and with them. Like, I don't remember what I ate yesterday unless I have it written down or tracked. Yeah, I'm not going to remember everything I ate. Like you might pick something out of the fridge, forget about it. You know, yeah, exactly right. Or have a snack that you shouldn't. You know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas if they're writing it down and they like, and people, you know, they have a bias to write things off if they're able yeah. to whatsoever. So once it's like all written down, all tracked, or you have a plan given to them, yeah. and they have it on their phone, like people don't go anywhere without their phone. You know, they're not going to bring. That's, them that's that empowerment thing again, isn't it? Is understanding what you're doing and knowing why you do what you do and what the effect is. You know, I've had, I've had clients now say to me, said, this is incredible because all of a sudden I understand the effects of what I do, you know, and I understand the, the consequences of when I make a decision to do something wrong or right, you know, or if I fall off my plan, I now understand what that does to my system and does to my body. Mm. And so they're much more empowered to make the right choices when they're not around me or when not, we're not in conversation. So that, that's, the, that's the benefit of online, you know, the one-to-one coach, unless they're exceptionally good and you're paying a small fortune for them, the value you get out of online because logistically it costs a lot less. So, you know, I, I talk to my clients and it's, it, you know, and effectively it's about eight pounds a day is what I charge them. Yeah. And that's ridiculous. When you, when you think about a personal trainer who you're spending, you know, in London, particularly you're paying up anywhere upwards of 60 pounds an hour for one hour session, three times a week, you're paying 180 pounds a week or more, I was training up to four times a week with one, one, with one of my guys. I was paying 200, I was paying nearly a thousand pounds a month, you know, to get not nearly, I mean, it was good and I, I take it back. I think he was a great trainer and I did get some great results with him, but not nearly as, as good as I got moving to online and, and spending, you know, a third that. Yeah, but that, that's the thing, I guess, because even like the, the kind of, the coach we have, his hourly rate is way bigger, but it's just because you can scale it. Like, you know what I mean? He doesn't have to, yeah. If if you're one of his clients, he doesn't have to, or if you're one of our clients, we don't have to write off an hour for you at a certain time. It's right. like you message, we have some time in the next 24 hours when we find a minute to message you back to fix yep. whatever problem you have. It's not a set exactly. time in a set place where you have to travel there, book that yeah. time out, spend the hour. You know, it's just whenever you have the time to do it, you get it done in that time. You, you can a lot times for it, but exactly. a lot more people dealt with in that time. Yeah. You know, and as, and as trying as weak as an, and, and as, online trainers we can do that from anywhere in the world yeah. you know and the time difference isn't that much as you say you know you'll get a, you'll get a message from your client they're not expected to respond immediately and that's not that's not the expectation but if you can respond within 12 to 24 hours it doesn't matter where you are in the world yeah um, so there's no there's no holidays really so your, your trainer is always going to be there they you know depending on the level of service that you port or you've invested into you know, you'll get that response within 12 to 24 hours. Whereas with a PT, you've got to wait until the next session. Yeah. And, and that's something as well. I think when you're a PT, it's very, when you don't have like the online side of things, it's very hard to give them more than just the hour with them. Not, not that you wouldn't be trying to, but like doing a program for someone, what do you do? Like an Excel spreadsheet and give it to them and expect them to follow that, like with a diet plan or you've also got to remember they've got seven other clients that day. Yeah, that, no, that's what I'm saying, exactly. Yeah. So there's seven hours that they can't do anything for you because you've done your one hour with them. They've got seven other clients to go. That's eight hours of their day. And most people don't want to really work much more than eight hours. So yeah. once they've done their eight hours PTing, are they going to spend that much time responding to messages? Probably not. Yeah, 100%. Unless they're, actually, like, unless they're exceptionally good and therefore exceptionally expensive. Yeah. Uh, just the difference. That's it, the difference in price because if I get an online client, like I can do up their program in the one day they have that for a certain number of weeks whenever they have a problem it takes me 15 minutes to fix each time and it's whatever exactly i right. want to do it right. right exactly right. um and as you say a lot easier than doing it on a spreadsheet or something like that and handy yeah. sending, sending them a word document yeah. yeah someone else has done up the structure for online already you just have to <laughs> exactly yeah um what was the defining moment if any that made you decide to move careers i think for me it was just kind of it's I've always been in roles or in businesses that 
have had, I've always had a kind of a customer service element to it. Um, so I've done account management and sales management um, and client services and that kind of stuff. And I think the defining moment was A, seeing how that contact made me feel with someone, that one-on-one, you know, direct impact in my life from one person. And I just thought, heck, I know, I've been doing this for 30-something years. If I can impact somebody else to do that, it's a no-brainer. Um, I've always, been, as I said, I've always been in roles that are very client-centric. And I've always had a kind of burning desire to kind of help people. And I've worked for companies that sell products that, you know, theoretically help people through technology and stuff like that. But, you know, what they're all they're doing, all they're really doing is just trying to sell the, new, the latest and greatest bit of, bit of kit or the latest and greatest device every year and pushing people to buy the new one when they don't really need it. You know, this is an opportunity to actually tangibly impact someone's life and their well-being and their lifestyle for the greater good that's a long-lasting thing. It's not just a product that lasts for a year. So the combination of my own transformation and the experience I had with my online coach, plus all the experience I've got that and that desire for me to provide value to people and to impact their lives, that was the defining moment. I just thought, this is crazy. I've got to put the two things together. Yeah. Um, and why wouldn't I? Um, you know, I had, yeah, the, yes, there was imposter syndrome quite a lot. And there was a bit of kind of concern that, you know, who on earth is going to want a 40, a 50 year old, sorry, a 50 year old personal trainer who's got bugger all experience and, and only just being qualified and all this kind of stuff. And it was my coach that turned around and said, actually, dude, you know, you've got, you've got more than what we've got. You know, you've got, you've got that 30 years of corporate lifestyle and 20 years of real world experience that a 25 year old personal trainer does not have. Well, I was just going to say, I feel the same way because I'm 20 years old and I'm yeah. not that long qualified. I feel like I'm an imposter because I'm only 20, you know? So yeah. it doesn't, I don't think it matters what age, it's, it just happens to everyone. Exactly. And it's, and it's finding out what the value you could give to someone, you know? You know, you'll resonate really well with younger guys yourselves who are going through the same sort of situation and they're, and they're just experienced, they're getting into the gym for the first time. You know, they want to get a bit more self-confidence, they want to get a bit, a bit cocky with the girls and this kind of stuff. You know, that's what that, that 20, 18, 20, 19, 20 year old is going to want. Yeah. You know, as, as I'm dealing with people who are in their probably mid to late 40s and 50s and things who look at a, a young person trying to go, what are you telling me to get fit for? You have no idea what I'm going through in my life. Yeah. You know, I don't, you have got kids, you've got family, you don't have the corporate stress to go through. You know, don't tell me how to run my life and give me a three, four times a week personal training session that I can't afford and yada, yada, I can't make the time of. Whereas I have that experience. I, can, I understand how to integrate it into their lives without upsetting it too much. Yeah. Um, plus the technical knowledge that I've had over the 30 or so 30 odd years of, tra- of training myself and the qualification. So yes, I have a piece of paper that says I'm qualified, but I guarantee you that is worth nothing compared to the 30 years I've spent making the mistakes in the gym myself. That, that's not the selling point. Like it shouldn't be the selling point for it anyone. Be the selling point. Exactly right. It's just a bit of paper to say that I've got it in case people care. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's, it's much more about the experience that comes from it. And, you know, as a, as a young guy yourself, you'll get that experience and it will build. Yeah. Exactly. I, get, I get jealous of you guys because it's kind of like you're starting at the ground level and you can kind of, the world's your oyster. Um, whereas I've kind of done that and I've got to, not going backwards per se, but I'm kind of starting afresh and, but loving it. You know, it's, it's a great, it's, a, as I said at the beginning, this is so rewarding to have that opportunity to actually, actually tangibly impact someone. Yeah. You know, and I've got one particular client at the moment who, when he first started with me, quite shy, quite introverted, you know, very down on himself, down on life. Um, and I said to him just this week in his most recent check-in when we had um, one evening was, you know, he's changed completely. He's smiling. He's happy. He's, he's, he's energized. And he's not concerned about all the stuff he used to be concerned about. Um, and he's just a different person. And he didn't even recognize it himself. Uh, and I just, I think I just had, I had this massive grin on my face going, you know, you've, we've completed, in, 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 and he's been training only, we've only been training now for 10 weeks or so. And he's, he's a, he's a completely, not physically a different person. He's mentally a different person. Yeah. Yes. There's physical change as well. And that's coming through. That's great. But that's, that's giving him confidence. It's giving him energy. It's giving him, you know, it's bringing much more happiness than he probably even thought he was going to get. Well, I think even with your story, like there's going to be people like your demographic and they'd be coming to you with, oh, I've tried this all before. And you could be like, yeah. and so did I for 20 years until, until it worked. Yeah, so exactly. No one, no one can argue that you're living proof of it. It's, it's something you can tell all your clients or potential clients. Correct. You know, and, and I get, I get a little bit irked when I've got, you know, I have some close friends of mine who, when I went through my, my transformation myself, they're like, oh yeah, you're just doing that to get on get photos and get your abs out and, 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 and have some photos taken. I'm like, no, I'm not. 
yes, that's the end result. And I wanted to do that for my own benefit in the sense of it's, it's and I've said this many times on my own podcast and, and in stories and things, that's my Mount Everest. Everyone's got some crazy goal they want to do, right? Whether it's climbing Mount Everest, whether it's swimming the English Channel, whatever, you know, or starting a business or learning a language, anything, people have got goals, right? So that was my goal. And I wanted to prove to myself that I could do it, having tried for so many years. But, you know, and it's not about standing in front of a camera with a six pack. It's about achieving something that you set out to achieve when you put your mind to it. Um, and I am, you're right, I'm living proof that I don't care what age you are, I don't care what your goal is. If you want it badly enough, you can absolutely 100% get it. If you wanted to, yeah. I, mean, I, 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 harp, I, I quite often reference back to some people in the, business, in the corporate space. And one particular guy that I use, it's, it's no, absolutely no um, alignment to the fitness industry, but, but, but a guy called Colonel Sanders. Yeah. We all know his name. Um, he did not start... KFC until he was 65 years old. And I just think that is phenomenal. Yeah. No, you know, completely. And, and now look at it. You know, he made it, he, you know, it, it's the legacy behind that is incredible. Um, you know, and I just think that I look at things like that. I look at all these examples where people do things later in life. And I just thought, what the hell? I said, I'm not going to let it hold me back anymore. I, I, I've been wanting to do this for ages. I've been wanting to get in that physical shape since I was probably 17, 16, 17 years old. Um, and now to bring it to it, make a career out of it, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's the dream job. I, right? I think we, it's, a, it's a lot of people live life on kind of an autopilot and just yeah. like kind of go through it and they don't ever self-reflect, become self-aware enough to realize this isn't what I want to do forever. I only no, have this life. I might only have 30, 40, yeah. 50, 60 years left. Don't waste them, you know. There's, you know, there's a couple of great lines around that. You know, there's the situation where you know you are quite often do something because you think that's what society expects you to do. So, leave school, go to university, get a job, get married, have kids, buy a house, and you think you have to follow that line. Um, and the other one is, you know, you kind of, I heard it just recently where you sort of say someone can live for ninety years, or someone can live for one year ninety times. Yeah, it's a, you, know, you get trapped in the same routine and the same thing day to day, and you just think that's what you have to do. You've got to get a nine to five job. You do your stuff, and they don't take any risks. They don't take. They don't learn anything new. They don't go and try to improve themselves, or you know, or, or just go and live life. You know, we just get caught up in what we think we should be doing because that's what we, it's been ingrained in us from a young age. You know, you come through school, oh, you've got to get good grades, so you go to university, so you can get a great job, so you can have a family, you can look after them and buy a house. Bullshit. Sorry. I haven't done, I haven't done a single one of those things, but yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what I should have, I guess. I'm ahead of you, my friend. You've got me ahead of me. I'm the opposite. I never did any of it. I left school really early. I left school at the age of 16. So I, didn't, I, I wanted to do more. Uh, and I've always had this kind of, you know, itchy feet kind of hermit kind of lifestyle where I've moved around the world a lot. I've lived in different countries. I've done multiple jobs. My friends laugh at me, go, oh, what are you doing now? Like every 18 months, every two years or so I change jobs. Yeah. Um, you know, and I used to feel guilty about it. Yeah, it wasn't the done thing. You meant to hold a job for five to 10 years. No way. But um, you know, that's that saying you said there, it reminds you of one um, Brian Keane. I don't know if you follow him. I listen to his podcast religiously, but what is it? Yeah. Most people die in their twenties and aren't buried till they're ninety. I think yeah, that's, that's what he says. It's true. And I, 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 I'm not going to mention. I can't. I'm not. I won't mention names. But I know of people who get married very young because they think it's the right thing to do. They have kids very young, and they get into their mid thirties, early forties, and they're like, "What the fuck have I done with my life?" Yeah. Seriously. Try and grow up. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not saying to people it's the wrong thing to do. Check if you want to go and have kids, go have kids. It's fine. If you want to have a career and a long-standing career in one particular field, absolutely fine. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's people who, God, people who've changed the world by having long-standing careers, brain surgeons and heart surgeons and, and physicists and doctors and inventors and stuff. You know, they're so dedicated and they spend 10, 15, 20 years developing a product yeah. um, that all of a sudden changes the, the life of people on the planet. That's, that's, that's awesome. And I'm massively jealous of people that do stuff like that. But I want to do it at the ground level. You know, that's exactly what I want to do, but on an individual one-on-one -on -one basis with people and, yeah. uh, and, and change their lives. Um, and make oh, them yeah. realize more to life and it's not just and and you know my friends joke again and go oh you know you're not living your life anymore because you, you've got strict diet you don't drink blah, blah blah i'm like no i'm living actually a much better life now much happier life i'm fit i'm healthy um i don't look my age i don't act my age i can do what i want to do i'm not bound to a nine-to-five job there's no such thing as a commute 
Um, I don't have to be anywhere at a certain time. It's just sensational. Yeah. And I'm living, and I'm living my life. And I'm, I've got more travel coming up in the next 12 months I've ever had. Um, and I'm not, I'm not stressed. I'm not worried about the next pay packet. I'm not worried about where things are going to come from. Um, and I just feel so much better for it. And, so if, and if I can get other people to do the same thing, I'm not suggesting everyone gives up their jobs and goes and does something crazy. But if they want to, Consider it. I'll support them in it. You yeah. know? And don't, don't fear it as much. Like, yeah, cause oh, it, God, no. And this is a huge thing. People, people fear pain. Forever. Yeah. People fear change massively. They're really scared of it. And, you know, if there's one thing I've learned not to worry about, it's change. Because I, I just took, I've taken so many risks in my life and, and moved around. I've lived around the world. I've traveled everywhere. And I have no problems with change at, at all. Um, even though I'm quite process driven, oddly, and structure driven, you know, I, I don't mind change. It doesn't bother yeah. me. The advice I'd have for anyone struggling with that is I don't, I don't know your specific circumstances when you moved to this career. But like, I'd imagine for most people, if they did leave their job to go and become an online coach or whatever it is, a swimmer, I don't know, whatever people want yeah, to do, yeah. um, the worst that could happen is they end up back where they were if it fails. Yeah. You know? And at least then well, they'll... And, and, and there's something I learned the other day, or something again I've heard just recently, you never fail. You know, the only failure, if there is one, is not taking action in the first place. Yeah. That's essentially failing. But, but no, you never fail in life. Even if, you, if you've never hit a golf ball... And you walk up to, up, to, up to a golf course and you stick a tee in the ground, you put the ball on the tee and you swing at that ball and it just dribbles off the side. You didn't fail. There's a result of your action. There's a result still happened. Yeah. It's how you deal with that result that's, the, that's, the, that's, the, that's the, the best thing. It's how you deal with that circumstance and what do you do with that learning. Right, do I pick it up and do it again and get it better? Yeah, you, and you keep practicing, keep practicing, practicing until you blow the thing down the fairway. Life is exactly the same. You know, you don't fail at anything. Because yeah. everything you do has a result. You know, it may not be the right result. Maybe it may not be the desired outcome, but there is a result. And that result will give you learning and therefore you can change it and do it again differently. Yeah. So I don't know, I don't know how you feel about Conor McGregor, but he's a good saying, win or learn. Yeah. Win or learn is his one. So I, 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 used to, I, used to look, I used to look at all this kind of positive thinking stuff and go, oh yeah, mumbo jumbo. But now that I've been doing it and, and listening to it a lot and having the time to listen to it a lot and absorb it properly, well, it resonates hugely and it's kind of because I, you know, I've been massively self-critical most of my life and, and, and low self-esteem and all this kind of stuff and all that stuff is a choice. I know. You know? It's, it's hard to understand that until you start applying it. It's hard to see that yeah. until someday you actually try it out and then you're like, okay. Exactly. Maybe it's right. right? Yeah, and, and everyone goes, oh, yeah, but they do that stuff. They go, yeah, but, you know, yeah, but this or yeah, but that. Like, no, no, it's a choice. Yeah, you can choose to. It's it. You know, we are we are absolutely the results of all the choices and decisions we've made in our lives. That's it. Even going back to what you said about your friends are like, oh, you're not living now. You're drinking, or you're you're yeah, yeah. restricting your diet. It's like, well, it depends. You kind of have to. You have to suffer. So you choose your suffering. You either choose to suffer through not having that cake, or you choose through being a little bit flatter. You know? Yeah, exactly. You know, and, that, and that's a choice. Yeah. You know, and it's, you know, it's and I don't, I don't look at the suffering when I'm having cake. I go, I actually go, no, this is good. And drinking the same thing. I suffered more when I was drinking. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you either have to choose between <laughs> suffering through being hungover, not being as healthy, exactly, or yeah. you suffer through like, okay, I can't, I can't have a drink, so I have to resist. You know. Yeah, Either exactly. Way. And it's a choice. Mm. You know, and I'm happy not to be drinking. You know, as an example, I'm happy to. I could easily, I mean, I could possibly call myself teetotal now, although I have had the odd drink every now and then, it's fine. But I don't, I don't, I don't intentionally go out to get drunk anymore. Yeah. I don't intentionally go out to say, oh, that's, and you hear it in London all the time. What are you doing this weekend? Oh, I'm going out to get lashed. Seriously. This is London for fuck's sake. It's got so much going on that it does not have to revolve around booze. Yes, there's a pub on every corner. But, you know, it doesn't have to do that. There's so much more to life. And, I, and it's just one example. Yes, I'll keep drinking. I'll still have the odd drink and be social with people. But I'm not going to go get hammered every Saturday night. Yeah. There's no waste of a weekend. <clears throat> it's a choice. You know, it's an absolute choice. People, you can choose to be happy. You can choose to be sad. You can choose to be angry, jealous, upset, guilty, worrying. It's a choice. Oh, that's like when the worst thing is when people say, oh, I had to. Everyone was out. It's like, you didn't have to. You didn't have to. And I, I can't, I can't argue that because my brother doesn't, doesn't drink at all. And he just like stopped drinking and he's like, his friends would be big drinkers. He just like stopped 
flat because he just doesn't like it. I was like, all right. I don't like it anymore either. I don't like what it does to me. I don't like, that to my, I don't like what it does to my head. And I don't like what it does to my emotions. I don't like what it does to my my body and, and how I feel the next day. I just don't like it anymore. I don't get any enjoyment out of it. Maybe one, literally one or two glasses just to kind of, not to get the sensation of it, but just the flavor. And I'm like, yeah, I miss a glass of wine, but I don't, I just don't like it. Yeah. That's and that's a result of change, you know, that's a result of seeing things differently. And it's, so that's a result of, you know, making the choice to go, what's it going to be like? And this we were talking about a minute ago about people are scared of change. You know, you talk to someone who, who, who is used to drinking every single day of the week. The reason they keep doing that is not because they enjoy it. It's because they're scared about knowing what it's going to be like to not do it. Yeah. What's it going to be like to actually go wake up in the morning and not have a drink that day? They're yeah. so used to doing it. It's the change that they're scared of. Fear of the unknown. Fear of the unknown. Um, and they used not to drink. They just remember back to those days. You know, there are teenagers that probably weren't drinking every day of the week. So just remember what that's like. So you've been there before. Um, you know, so again, it's, it's, that, it's, that, it's a choice. And, I, and this is something, again, that I've learned over the last six months or so. And I've, again, mentally, I've learned a lot more in the last six months than I ever have in 50 years of walking on the planet. I just, you know, that concept that everything in your life is a choice and everything you feel, do, think about, want, need is a choice. But I that think, no, one I think make for, no one else can make for you, you can make yourself. I think that kind of self-development, I think it's kind of an exponential scale, it seems to be. Like when people start getting into it, it just goes, shoots oh. up. I, I, I swear blind, they should put some of this stuff into the high school curriculum. Yeah, oh, definitely. Mindfulness should oh. be number one. You can't do oh. anything about it. Like. You know, it's, it's, and I don't know why they have, never have. I don't understand why we, we, you know, the school curriculum has not probably changed for 20, 30 years. But they should be putting a lot of this stuff in because you think about the kids that come out these days who, you know, there's, there's, there's the highest rates of, here we go, sorry, I'm getting a bit slightly depressing topic, but, you know, the highest rates of teenage suicide in history, um, the highest rates of teenage drug addiction, the highest rates of teenage alcohol abuse. Why? It's because they, they're, they're under so much pressure to be something that they shouldn't be or not be themselves. You know, they, these kids are not allowed to be themselves. They're, there's all this social media stuff, there's bullying, there's this, the image of the perfect life and all this kind of stuff they see on TV and movies. The pressure on them to perform and be something that they're not or not necessarily something they want to be is ridiculous. Yeah. And if, so if they just pull that back and saying, you know, it's simpler saying that it's absolutely okay to be who you are and no one's telling you to be anything else, the world would be a different place. This is a really important thing to talk about too. And even, even if people just knew, like a lot of people aren't self-aware enough to know what anxiety and things like that are. And if no. they just explain to people, like we're in, we're, we're in what's supposed to be the best time to be alive in the world, like the least, but like a lot of people don't have real problems or perceived problems. And the reason, that's, that's no problem. people, yep. the reason why people are getting so anxious is because you're going to be anxious. It's built into you like from... It's it, it it it's an evol from an evolutionary standpoint it was helpful. Right now yeah. it just causes you stress. And when you have nothing to really be anxious about, and then you're anxious, all you do is turn it, put it internally, and blame yourself. You, and that's you, where it comes you, from. And well, also not even that. You get people who are so neurotic they go they're worried about the fact that they've got nothing to worry about. Yeah. <laughs> they hang on a minute. They're like, oh shit, I've got nothing to worry about. Therefore, something bad must be coming. And yeah. it's like, well, no, stop it. You know, and it's like again the, the similar kind of journey I've been on from what I've been learning is like you know you think about two things you think about guilt and you think about worry guilt is worried about guilt is about things that's happened in the past and worry is about things that haven't happened yet in the future yeah you can't control either what's happened in the past has happened it's done don't feel guilty about it learn move on what is happening in the future if you can't control it why worry about it yeah but if it's something under your control then take control but don't worry about it. Yeah, 100%. And it's just, these are these things that have been blowing my mind over the past few weeks or so. It's just like, hang on a minute. This, why did I not know this at the age of 20? Yeah. So David, you now know this at the age of 20. No excuses, my friend, to have a, a, an abundant life. Well, even saying that, like we're, we're, I'm saying it like, like I know it and I practice it, which I, I do, but it doesn't mean I don't get anxious, don't get stressed. Yeah. I get very anxious, very stressed, but you know, try and catch it as often as I can. And just and and that is a choice, you know. You can, I, I, I do this when I'm driving. You know, we were talking about this earlier. You know, I used to get really get road ragey 
in traffic. If I had to be somewhere and the traffic was hot, was was you know just as a standstill, I would be furious and fuming and shouting and screaming. My car, I'm like, why am I doing this? Me being angry, sitting in my car, is not going to make the traffic go any faster. No. I'm the world's worst for that, so it's, it's better that I don't drive now. I get so mad. <laughs> yeah, for me, I've never lived in a place with much traffic, but still. Oh, trust me. Um, you don't, I, don't, I wouldn't wish upon people. You know. <laughs> but, again, it's, but again, it's a choice. I choose to live here. I choose to drive. You know, I can't, I've got no excuses. And I just, I just, that's the whole point around the fact that all this stuff is just all most emotion, most feelings, most anxieties, and all this kind of stuff is a choice. You know, you're not born anxious. Life is 10% action, 90% reaction. Oh, exactly. You know, there's a, oh, I can't remember the line. There's a, there's a line about, there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a gap between hearing about something and then how you react to it. And that gap in the middle is that period of time where you've got the choice to make how you react or how you respond is so crucial. Um, I can't remember the line, but it's it's, it's quite a phenomenal. It's a, it's quite profound. They think that that split second is so important because it, it's that time where you may, you could make all the right or wrong decision. I mean, again, if you look at it from the positive mindset point of view, there's no such thing as a wrong decision, no such thing as failure. It's just how you deal with the circumstance of the decision you made and whether you learn from it. If it's taken the wrong, if it's take the wrong, if taken the wrong turn as a result of that decision, then you learn from it and go and re, and re, redivert, come back again. Well, I guess, I guess it's like you could see the positive or the negative in anything, you, but you do have to realize that you have the choice. Like, obviously, I'm not saying I see the positive in absolutely everything, but I do believe that you could. If you had that amount of willpower, you definitely could. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, man, it's not about willpower. It's the choice. You can. It, yeah. it's, it literally, and, and everything in your life has a positive side. And it's, yes, there's things like, yes, silver linings and all this kind of bullshit, which is kind of bullshit. And I also get the fact that there are some pretty shitty things that happen in life. Um, you know, and life does take, it does, you know, test us and I, whether it does it on purpose or not, I don't know, or whether it's a, you know, as a result of our own decision making, I still don't, I'm not quite sure yet, but you know, life certainly does throw tests at us. It's how we handle that test and how we deal with it. That is our choice. It's not life throwing it at us. It's our choice. And again, you can't worry about what life's going to throw at you because you can't see into the future. So don't worry about it. Mm. Just be ready and, and get as much in the meantime, get as much, you know, education and knowledge and, and, and information from people who've been there before. So that when something does get thrown it up against you that you're not not expecting, you're ready for it. Yeah, um, and I, it, it does sound a lot easier to say it, um, and it's a lot easier said than done. But from someone who's been on the planet for fifty years, t- talking to someone who's been on the planet for twenty years, if there's one thing I can tell you is tap into that concept of the fact that everything you do, everything you think, feel, do, see, and how you react stuff is a choice. You I'm guessing not- that would be your answer to one of my questions. One of my questions I ask everyone, because usually my yeah. guests are older than me. I say, what would you tell your 20-year-old self? So I'm guessing that's your answer. That is my answer. Yeah. That's exactly what I would now say to my 20-year-old self. It, it, you know, it is your choice. No one compels you to do anything you don't want to do. No one compels you to do anything you shouldn't do. No one compels you to do anything that you can't do. It is your choice. Yeah. Um, and I mean everything. And I can't. I, I, I have in my head. I've racked a million different scenarios, and I can't come up with one that says it's not my choice. Yeah, there's not a single one. No, and people no, go, yeah, no, but what about what about cancer? You know, what about you know what about um, disability? Yeah, you're right. You have no choice that that's happened, but you can choose how to react to it. Yeah, do you let it define you, or do you make the most of it? You know. Absolutely, and I and I get you know yeah, I, I, and that's that. There's two horrible examples, of course, but I, and I would never, you know, so yeah, happy day. Someone's got cancer. Yeah, fabulous. Congratulations. No, I get it, and and it's, and that's a horrible thing to think about. And it's and I've lost friends and and relatives to cancer, or cancer related stuff, and it's and it's horrible. But I've also seen people with terminal disease and stuff who suddenly switch to the most positive people in the world. They're thinking, well, my time's up. At least I know when my time's up. No one else does what knows when their time's up. I know when mine's coming. I'm going to make the absolute life, most out of life. Yeah. And their attitude changes. Um, I saw a guy, a very good friend of mine back when I was living in Sydney, when I was probably about in my mid twenties, good friend of mine became a quadriplegic from a motorcycling accident. And he wasn't the most positive chap normally. And I just thought, Oh God, this is going to ruin this guy. He flipped into one of the most positive people I've ever seen in my life, bound to a wheelchair, because um, he had 
he had no choice but to choose that, if that made sense. You know, he could, he could have chosen to become an absolute depressed suicidal wreck, but he made the choice to not let it get him down. Um, that, that's, that's mad. I don't know. Like, I don't know enough about this guy to say it, but it sounds like he's nearly happier now because he chose to be. It's well, something- I, well, exactly. He chose to be happy because I think it's one of those, it's one of those situations you've got up in here. You know, people say they've got to lie and laugh or cry, you know, because it, it, if you don't do one, you do the other. And that's the extreme version of it from a life-standing point of view. But it's true. You make that choice. And, and it, people will sit back and hear this and go, yeah, whatever. You know, no one can do that. Yes, you can. You, you know, you have the ability and it takes a lot of willpower, as you said earlier, but it is your choice. You choose to be happy. You choose that's to be sad. That's it. It's like if you, had a, if you had like a steady job, you didn't hate it, you didn't love it, you'd probably stick with it forever. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's okay as the death of most people's dreams. Like it's okay as the worst place to be. Whereas yeah. if they lost their job and next thing they get a kick up the ass to do something, they're going to make yeah. a change. They're going to, they might end up making a better life for themselves. Yeah. Whereas if they kept that it's okay job. Exactly. I got, I got, I got, I've, I have been fired in my time. And I, and I remember one conversation, the first time I ever got fired is that and my boss called me into his office and said, I'm going to do the best thing for you. Yeah. Cause it gave you a kick up the ass. <laughs> um, and, you know, and it was, and he, and he was right. And from that point onwards, I've never been fired since. You know, it was, really? uh, you know, it was, it was a choice, you know, and I had to, I had to choose how to deal with that situation. I could have gone depressing on, oh, I'm never going to get a job again, blah, blah, blah. But no, I didn't. So I took the, took the learning and moved on and got another job and off we went. But, you know, nothing, nothing we do does not, is not born from a choice. Every action we take is as a result of a thought that we've had to make a decision on. Yeah. And I think that's something too, like I used to always say that to people in school, like I actually agree with you so much on this whole, everything's a choice. People used to be like in, in school, they're like, you won't pass school if you don't study. And I was like, uh, I was like, you know, if it was the more, it's how, how was it that you just about pass school? And then you'll get to college, which is 10 times harder. And you'll just about pass that. I was like, you're choosing to keep yourself just above the line all the time. Yeah. I was like, and then you waste so much time being in this kind of limbo of just about getting over the, getting over the line, never putting your full effort into anything. Exactly. Like if you done an hour a day, I was like, if you really done an hour a day, you'd probably be fine. You know, instead of doing all this eight hours of school a day, whatever it was. Exactly. I mean, yeah. <laughs> all they have to teach you is all they have to teach you is what what you need to know in the exam, and then you're fine. You pass it, but you haven't learned anything. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. You know, and then, and you, thing, you know, and I, I, you know, and it's just it's it's about. And a lot of kids go through school and they kind of at the end of school they have no idea what they want to do. And I and a lot of that is because they've not looked at what they've studied and not found something in what they were studying that actually gives gets them excited. Yeah. They've just gone through school because they think they had to. <clears throat> but if it's those that kind of kind of start doing something like a science or something, oh, actually this is really interesting. I'm really kind of getting into this. Or it ticks a box or something, and all of a sudden I get a bit of a passion about it, they end up being doctors, you know, people who like English and, 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 you know, do debating all that kind of stuff, they end up being the lawyers and the politicians as yeah. an example, That's because they've chosen a pathway based on something that they really enjoy. Whereas as you say, people who just muddle through school, barely pass anything, they come out at the end of it going, what do I do now? Yeah, exactly. You know, they just jump through hoops to get through it kind of. Um, I was just yep. going to say that we're, we're probably, I don't know what, how long we're in 30, 40 minutes. We haven't talked about a bit of fitness or training. We're too well, I mean, we, we, we can relay that all. And I was about to relay that all back to fitness, you know, yeah. and you made the comment about just sitting at the city at home and not studying, And then you wonder why you pass, you know, fitness is exactly the same, you know, and yes, fitness can be very superficial in the sense that you know, a lot of people think it's all about just getting a six pack and standing in front of a camera when it's not, it's about the positive benefit it gives to your life and, the, and, and you as a person and how you are with other people. But again, it's a choice. You know, I'm not going to say to everyone, you have to get fit. Because if I try to, if I tell them that, they won't do it. Yeah. You know, they've got to make the decision themselves and they've got to have that, they've got to have the why they want to do it. Now, you know, anyway, it could be anything. You know, I want to get fit for a wedding. I want to get fit for a holiday. Um, I want to lose 40 pounds for whatever reason. I want to be a better father. I want to be more productive at work. I need more energy. It's when you tap into that, that that's when people start to realize that, again, it's a choice. I now choose to get fit. I have many friends going, oh, I wish I could do what you do. I look at them and go, you can. Just make the fucking choice to do it. But that, that's what I was going to say when I said, like, we haven't talked about any fitness as such, but it's all yeah. so relative. Like, it's the mindset that's so relative. 
Like if I'd say if you dropped either of us into a 300 pounds person body, like we wouldn't be long getting back to the size, like the size we sit at now, because it's just the mindset you're in. Exactly. Like and, and again, and, and having a 300 pound body when you want to be 145 pounds, you haven't failed. You've actually got a lot of results of what you've been doing. Yeah. You've just you know how to deal with that result. Um, I, heard a, I heard a good one about that. Actually, it was a guy, he said, he said, wow, you're really committed to getting fat. He's like, you're really good at that. You're really good <laughs> at punishing yourself. So just yeah, yeah. in the gym instead of at the table. The, you know? Exactly right. You know, I think fitness is a, it's an interesting game because people often perceive it as being just this superficial thing and they don't actually realize the benefit they get out of it. Um, of being more, having more energy, being more, more productive, being a better partner, father, wife, husband, whatever. It does make you a better person. It starts because if you, and it also, I think the biggest thing more than anything is, is, is the self-confidence um, and, but, and, and self-belief in yourself. It's, you know, if you, if you look in the mirror and you don't like yourself and you've got to remember that bo- the body you've got is the body that you have been given. You either look after it or you let it go. But again, which is your choice. Um, but you can't change it. You can't go to work one day and then pick up another body, come home in somebody else's body. It's you, you are stuck with this body and you have to make the most of it. But don't complain about it. If you don't like it, there's something you don't like about it, fix it. Anything that's in your control, are you getting overweight or not or putting off or not having enough weight, or you don't like this, you know, don't like the you know, fact you haven't got a beard or anything like that, you know, you can change things. Yes, there are some things you can't, so the things you can't change, then you've got to just love it and accept it. You know, you're never gonna get taller. Yeah. Don't, don't complain about the fact you're five foot four. Just be happy with it because that is that is what you've got for the rest of your life. Yeah, no, yeah and that's the choice. Um, no, I agree with you completely. Um, something I want to ask you as well is, what does your current kind of training split look like? Are you like a push pull legs kind of? Are you an upper lower? Is yeah, no, I'm I'm because I'm, I'm I'm in the fortunate position now that a lot of people get very envious of as I'm trying to I'm trying to gain weight. Even though, even though that is physically harder than losing weight, for those who want to know, um, you know, people who are on a weight loss program, don't think you've got it tough, people. Trust me, putting on weight's a lot harder. Good weight. Um, so I'm on a, I'm on a six-day pr- program at the moment, which is push-pull legs, push-pull arms. Um, only because I'm trying to build up what I always think is skinny arms, and I've looked at a photo the other day and realized they're not so skinny. Um, but yeah, so that's what I'm on. Six-day week split, push-pull Push pull legs, push pull arms. Okay, and you're basically just going. Body composition is the only goal at the moment. There's no boxing isn't in the pipeline fully yet. No, not as not as a career. It's that that's just a sideline to kind of keep you keep you just in and make it make a change. Yeah, um, and just keep it keep it mixed up a little bit. It's not something I want to use as a as a permanent thing. My goal is, and here we, this is a scary one for people who don't know me. Um, you know, again, a plus fifty role is I am going to be competing next year on stage. Oh, really? Yeah. That's exciting. The goal is to get me on stage for Pure Elite in July or September, um, and we're going to take a pro card. Yeah? Yeah. I'm excited so it's to very see that. Body. Yeah, it's, it's, it is body composition as opposed to I'm not focused on weight. Yes, weight is a measure, but it's not, it's not the be-all and end-all. Um, it is composition, size, symmetry, uh, leanness, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a lot more than just scale weight. Um, yeah. And, but it, there is an end goal. And again, I, it, it sounds superficial. Oh, great. Yeah, you're going to get on stage and compete and get your pecs out. No, it's about, it's, it's that next stage up Mount Everest for me. Yeah. Um, and again, inspiring other people to hopefully look at me and go, oh shit, if he could do it at the age of 50 something, why can't I? Yeah. And what is the, what is the current diet like? Are you more of a, are you like your regular bodybuilding diet, carb-based, lots of carbs, lots of Ooh, Well, no, no, not really. I'm, I'm, again, lucky enough, unfortunately, I'm in, a, I'm in a calorie surplus. Yeah. Um, so I am on three and a half to three and a half thousand plus calories a day. And my carb intake is all around my um, workout window. So I only have carbs intra and post-workout. No okay. other carbs the rest of the day. Um, so you can imagine the size of those carby meals. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's very high protein based. Otherwise, good fats and just clean and very clean diet. You know, and slowly but surely putting a little bit of weight, the right kind of weight. Very good. And how do you find sticking to that? Like, would you be, would you ever be craving more kind of foods, or you get everything you need in it? I, I think, Dave, for me as well is, and this is again coming back to choice. Food for me now, because this is my career, this is my job, and, and staying in shape is my career, and it's my job as well. Food is fuel. Yeah, it's not. 
it's no longer something I take for granted and go, I need to have nice meals or anything, you know, and when I do go and have a nice meal with friends or anything like that is a treat and it's special and I enjoy it. But otherwise day to day food is now fuel. I don't, I, I look at it as like a glass of water or brushing my teeth or combing my hair or, sh- or, ha- or have you a shave. I have, I have food. It's, it's, that is what it's there for. It's not it's, leisure anymore. It's just it's not leisure. Yeah. No, but that's a good way to have it. I guess if you can get to that stage. Yeah, it's a good, I mean, yeah, people have, some people you hear about people having bad relationships with food. I've never had a bad relationship with food. I love my food. I genuinely do. But now that I've had that mindset about this, it's there for a purpose and it's timed and it's regulated. As I say, it's now just a habitual thing and food is fuel. Um, it's, yeah, it's not that leisure. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a leisure activity having a meal it anymore. It takes the kind of eating more when you're stressed kind of out of it, you know? Yeah, well out of it. I don't that's the last thing I do when I'm stressed because if I get stressed and I start taking it, I, cause I know what I'm like, if I did start eating, I, I get guilty that I'm, you know, I would, I would choose to feel guilty. Um, if I ate the wrong amount of food or the wrong foods. And do you, you, know, do you find I, even there you caught yourself, do you find the power of words helps a lot? Even with that, you go, Oh, yeah. I can't, I can't eat this. Or you go, I choose not to eat this. I choose not to eat it. Yeah. Or I should not, I, or I know, or I know better and I should, and I should choose not to eat this. Yeah. yeah. Not about I can't eat this. Of course I can eat it. I can eat whatever I want. I can eat anything I wanted to, but I just know the consequences aren't going to work. So I, therefore I choose to eat correctly. Yeah. 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 Um, what does success mean for you? Uh, how long we've got? <laughs> how long have we been on for? This could go on for ages. Look, I mean, for me now, you know, success is no longer, you know, it used to be, yes, it used to be, and I'll be honest, it, it was materialistic. It was like, yeah, get a house, get a car, blah, 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 this kind of stuff, have nice things and things. It's not anymore. For me now, it's about, it's going to be, to me now, it's legacy. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm 50 years old. Um, I've still got plenty of years, I've still got plenty of life on me, but I actually want to, I want that life to be valuable to people and, and, and to be able to help people. Um, so for me, success is leaving a legacy behind, yeah. um, you know, and, and, and knowing that I've helped hundreds, thousands of people to live better lives, that to me is success. How that shapes from a, I don't know, materialistic or salary or whatever point of view, I have no idea, nor do I really care. You know, if I could afford it and live the lifestyle, I'd, I'd do this for nothing. Yeah. Um, I genuinely would. I just, I just think I'm getting so much more benefit out of it, so much more satisfaction out of doing this rather than getting a pay packet at the end of every month um, that I used to stress about and, and go through quite quickly. <laughs> you know, it's, and, it's different now. So yeah. So success to me is leaving that legacy behind of inspiration, impact and improvement in people's lives. That's a great answer. Um, just a few more quick, quick fire kind of questions. Cause I know we've been on quite a while. Time, time flew past. Um, <laughs> who is your number one kind of podcast guest? Who would be the one person you'd love to have on? Wow. Other than, other than reciprocated with yourself, of course, Dave. Um, I, oh, it's this, there's so many, you know, I could look at it from so many different sides of things. It could be people who are mindset driven. It could be people who are business driven. It could be people who are fitness driven. Um, gosh. I honestly can't answer that. That's really, you've stopped, you've got me completely speechless. Um, really? Yeah. I, Cause okay. I think there's so many people that I'd have that I, and I just, there's literally at the moment, dozens of names running through my head. <sighs> And I don't know which one to pick. I'll, I'll rephrase it another way. Three people, dead or alive, that you could have a conversation with. Um, okay. Um, Victor Frankl. Yeah. Great book. Um, having read his book now, I just, I'd love to know more about that kind of stuff. Yeah. And controversially, almost in the same room, and this, is, this always spins people out when I say this person's name, I'm probably going to get shot for saying it, but Hitler. Yeah, I, I've actually mentioned him when I was asked this question because I just think very interesting human being i, I just want to look at his eyes i just want to look at him in the eyes and go why yeah i don't think he knows himself to be honest well, you know and i just think i know he's and he is rightly or wrongly a massively influential person obviously he could you know convert an entire an entire country to following his that crazy belief of his there's something there's something in that to be taken from it and it's maybe yeah um and a third one or I don't, I don't know. I'd like to maybe find someone who's, who's, who's the first to do something. And I don't mean like walk on the moon, but before that, um, 
you know, um, I can't think of a name. Um, the lady who, who you know, um, was the suffragette leader who who got who was the, sort of the, the mother of, of women's rights. I think someone with that leg, and again, it's all legacy driven. Is that legacy of of change of the world? Yeah, you know, they're the kind of people I'd love to talk to. And I, that doesn't sound like a terribly exciting dinner party. <laughs> um, you know, you can certainly have some more fun people around as well to talk about and make it a little bit more interesting, a bit more com- comedy, comedic. Oh, so um, um, the the most interesting, they were they're good ones actually. Victor Frankl, I was glad to hear that one. I was like, oh, I know that name. Yeah, uh, yeah. man, man, search for meaning for anyone wondering. Great. Yeah, um, I've recommended it before. Yeah. Um, Kieran had a few interesting ones. One of them was the the guy who, you know, there were ex- explore, explorers, and there was like I don't know, you know, Kieran. Yeah, uh, Leinster. He had a few strange yeah. ones, but yeah, no, I, I could get on to- get along with your ones. Um, well, there's one. Of, that's what I mean about someone who's just life changing. Someone like a Vasco da Gama, who has, or, or Christopher Columbus, who set out absolutely having no idea what was out there. Yeah, you know, oh God, there's mindset. You know, just to go and literally say, you know, completely go against everything society was saying, saying the world is flat, and then go, right, well, I'm gonna go sail off the edge and see what happens. <laughs> Uh, Shackleton, that was the one. Sorry, Kieran had. Uh, yep. There's a good yep. few books about him. Good example. Yep. Um, favorite book. Oh man. Can't say man search for meaning. <laughs> I was going to fall back and use that as an excuse. Oh, look again. It depends on what on, depends on the context. You know, having read lately, been reading a lot of these self development stuff. Um, but then, you know, if, if I look at fiction or if I look at you know autobiographies and things. Um, they're all different. They're all different choices. I used to be a big sci-fi, not sci-fi, I was a big kind of fantasy fan. I love Tolkien and those guys. Um, I love I love good autobiographies. I've read Branson's. I've read Michael Caine's, um, to name a couple. Michael Caine's is brilliant. It's it's a laugh. Um, you know, I am going to say Victor Frankl. I'm going to say it. Man's Search for Many, I think, is is just is phenomenal. Everyone should bloody read it. it should be again it should be in the school curriculum. Yeah, that's one of them books. I think that everyone should read at least the first two sections of it. If not, yeah, if yeah not no, don't worry so much about the, the end bit about logography or what it is. It's like yeah, logotherapy. Like, the stuff is that, and and I've, and I've just this is this has been my life changer. This week, just this week, reading a thing called Your Erroneous Zones. I've never, um, never. I seen someone had that posted. All right, but I've never, I've never read it. Oh yeah, yeah. It is. It's it, Dr. Wayne Dwyer. This he was written. He wrote this back in the nineteen seventies, um, and it's talking about all the negative mindset places we put ourselves in as a result of our life. And this is taking how, and it's talking through to how to escape that negative thinking and take control of your life. And this is where I've got a lot. What I, it's where I've got a lot of what I've been saying today about everything yeah. is a choice. Is from this. Um, so. A massively good read at the moment and, and currently the one I'm, I'm reading a lot several times I've listened to the audio audio book now about six times really um, it, it's literally on repeat in my car um something else i want to ask you hard copy or audible which are you more well in? i do i do both you know and, I, and i've learned that just recently over the, over the course of the last six months well i will do both i love a hard copy because i can write notes in it and yeah. then go back to it and refer it and it reminds me what I, if i see i've written a note in it it takes me back to that place that how i initially first reacted to something um, but the audibles, I think, are quite good if it's particularly if it's the author reading the book himself, um, and quite often they give you some extra special bits and pieces behind it, and it's just good to hear it from that person. I, I, and it's good, and it's easy. Obviously, it's easy. You do it in a car or your community or on the train or whatever. Um, it's a lot easier to do. And theoretically, if you hear things, you it, you take it in more. In theory, it's that subliminal learning. Yeah, I, I would have. I would always thought that when I used to drive, like when I, in Ireland, everyone drives. So I used to drive. I'd be always audio non-stop yeah. when it gets to on a train or something i just start looking at my phone start doing something when you're not like focusing on driving <laughs> like yeah. doing something else i feel like because my hands aren't doing anything i'm wasting my time yeah. so if i'm actually reading the hard copy i'll focus i'm on a train or something but when i was yeah. driving it was always audible, always. audible. Yeah. of the same book at the same time so you kind of catch up between the two or no so when in ireland i just i just drove nothing else yeah. um but then on the train it's just reading just yeah, like, yeah hard copies if i can get them they're a bit more expensive but well i, do, I also find it and it's, again it's my choice and i need to and i need to change that is that finding the time to physically sit down and read is harder than just having it going on in the background of it whilst yeah. you're doing something else i'm all into efficiency and multitasking so <laughs> i need i need to give myself that ability to sit down and go and cast and put some time aside every day to start to, to an hour reading because i think it's so valuable yeah 
Um, last, last question. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? Uh, the ripe old age of 60. Um, as I think going back to my original question about what success is, 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 is having that legacy. I want to, in the next 10 years, I want to have done many things that I've never had, never done so far in 50. Um, impact as many people's lives as I possibly can. Um, I want to be, no, I want to be known for doing that as well. Um, quite quickly and, and being the go-to person for something. Um, you know, so I've got 10 years to kind of cram a lot of stuff that probably most people will take 20 to 30 years to do. Um, I want to, I want to be able to do that. So in 10 years time, that's where I want to be. I still want to be incredibly fit, physically fit and healthy and be an inspiration to people. Um, potentially have won some more, you know, more competitions to keep me going, to hit my Mount Everest. Definitely have a pro and, and again, and knowing that there's more to go, you know, that at the age of 60, I've probably got another 10, 20 years to go. At least. Um, yeah. I'm sure you will do all of that. That's fine. Um, all right. That's kind of everything for today. Thanks so much for coming on. Oh, buddy. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, just your social medias for everyone. Um, make it really easy. We'll stick to one. So the main social media you get me on is through Instagram at the moment. Um, so my business is obviously called Fit Self. Uh, so my Instagram handle for Fit Self is at fitself underscore online. Um, and that's where you'll find, you know, all my bits and pieces on social media, but also links to everything else. So my podcast, my LinkedIn, Facebook groups, all that kind of stuff, you can all get driven off that Instagram profile. So that's probably the easiest thing to do for people. Perfect. And I'll have all them linked up in the show notes. Thanks, buddy. Mate, it's been an absolute pleasure, Dave. It's been cool. And I hope I really I genuinely hope the listeners get something out of it. I might steal this and actually post it on my own podcast. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I definitely got something out of it anyways. Thanks so much again. Absolute pleasure, buddy.